At La Hart Skoda Kilkenny, we have 0% PCP finance on a range of models of new Skodas for 212. Yes, that's 0% for a limited time only. With service plans from 12.99 per month, now is the time to order your new 212 Skoda at La Hart's. Visit laharts.ie or call 056 704 700 to find out more about our great offers. Finance provided by Skoda Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply. With a look back over the weekend sport action, this is Full Time on KCLR with Eddie Scully. And you're very welcome to Full Time with myself, Eddie Scally, and this is the last episode of this year's Full Time Show, so we'll be back again next year. But we're looking back on what was an absolutely brilliant weekend again of sport. I was racing myself in Punchstown yesterday. It was a wonderful day's racing there with the John Durkin taking feature stage there. The Hillyway Chase was on in Cork, and we'll be catching up with Kevin O'Ryan, who was in Cork, and he's going to go through the boat cards with us. Of course, in the Athletics, the All-Ireland Athletics Championship took place in Goran yesterday, and Goran Athletics Club David Deneef is going to have a quick chat with us about that as well. I think there was over two and a half thousand athletes took part in that which is a major, major event for Goran and well done to everybody involved with it. And of course this weekend the Interprovincial Championship started, I should say the Provincial Championships. Thomastown were unlucky against Trim in the Intermediate Football. Thomastown beaten on a scoreline of a goal and four points to Trim's one goal and 14 points. O'Loughlin Gales had a brilliant win in the Junior Football Championship. One goal and ten points to ten points against Clongeen from Wexford. That game was played in Wexford yesterday. Massive win for O'Loughlin and Gales and in Camogie in the Leinster final Thomastown were beaten on a scoreline of a goal and 7 points to Kingpins of Wexford Camogie Owlert the Ballock but the biggest game of the weekend without question for this region was the Kilkenny champions Ballyhale Shamrocks coming up against Mount Leinster Rangers the Carlo champions and there for us yesterday on Saturday for KCLR I should say was Michael Walsh Michael a cracking game yeah, it was Eddie, and it probably was a game of two halves, but it was it was bitterly cold and it was a strong wind in it. Uh, but definitely very entertaining for the time of year, and uh, you know both teams really gave their all, and and uh, you know we were, it was very enjoyable to watch. And uh, it looked at half time as the Shamrocks were going to coast away, but Mount Leinster Rangers came back very strongly, and it kind of depended on a on a great save from Dean Mason with about seven or eight minutes to go to to really keep them in it and, and, and not keep them in it but uh, stop them uh, maybe just by winning by one point at that stage and, and then as they do they come up and get great points they just have so many class players around the field the Shamrocks and you know they're, they're just a, an incredible uh, group of players really Yeah Michael unfortunately I didn't get to go to the game myself on Saturday so not unfortunately but I had to, I had to listen to yourself Brendan and Terence calling all the action for me um, on it and what struck me was in the, in the first quarter like you know, I'm I'm seeing a true year eyes, if you know what I mean. But in that first quarter, yeah. like it almost sounded like Ballyhale were everything they touched was nearly a score. It was just a massive start. Yeah, it was incredible. I think over the first ten points they got, only one came from free, and there was you know they were coming out the field and Adrian Mullen and Owen Cody and Brian Cody in the middle of the field and Joe Cuddy. They were just putting balls over the bar from everywhere and back turned to the goal didn't matter a, a damn to them they were just so accurate and you know their management must be delighted with them because uh, yeah, the first five or six minutes is very very even now and uh, Mount Rangers actually started quite well but then the Shamrocks got a foothold and uh, you know they just powered on and you know, as I said there was a very strong breeze there and I can't be underestimated how strong it was as it turned out but uh, the scores they thought were just unbelievable and you know they racked up I think it was a 14 to 40 at half time and you know it looked it looked uh, 
you know, just it basically looked all over, but the wind was strong. But there was, there was a, probably there was probably a couple of factors there as well. In, uh, in fairness to what Leinster Rangers, it was 10 or 11 weeks since they played a county final. And, you know, hurling is a game that you just have to be at you know, constantly. And then I suppose in the second half the Sharmock's tired a bit and I suppose the the, the effects of TJ's wedding and that would have to have come into play as well. So look at it, it was you know, fairness to everybody involved, you know, not Mr Rangers, uh put the game back the week, which is very sporting out of them and uh, you, you saw that in the game and it was great respect for each other. They went out absolutely hammer and tongs, but at the end there was great great respect from, from both teams and I, I think it was just a very good advertisement for the provincial championships and the game of hurling in general. And and just just on 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 Mount Leinster Rangers, you know, it would have been very easy for them to throw in the towel at half time. Yeah. Now, you know, I wasn't there, so I don't know how. Like, was it a ten point wind? Was it that? No, no, I wouldn't. T- I wouldn't. Be. It was definitely five or six. So uh, there was no question about that. But I just think there's a bit more to it than than, than even the wind. Uh, I wouldn't like to be saying that that's the, the, and because Mount Leinster, Mount Leinster Rangers would be very proud. Club, they've won multiple championships. They've appeared in all their finals. They're a very battle-hardened group of, of people down there. Um, down through the years, now there's players evolving, like every club, the whole time, and you know they, they have a very good underage structure as well. And uh, you know it, it, it can't be overestimated. They have some very, very, very strong players. And uh, you know they lost Eddie Byrne, uh, who I would have come up against quite a bit down through the years. Uh, he's a big, tall, rangy forward who does who's brilliant in the air. He, he started the game with an injury. Now he was nowhere near fit enough to play, but it took a bit of a risk on him. I suppose they they, they felt the hatcher, and he didn't last ten minutes. Now he, he'd be a major loss to them, he, 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 uh, especially if he was fully fit. He wouldn't be playing the whole forward line. I'd say he'd be out centre forward, left hand forward. He's very very good in the air, so they would have lost him as well. So, but they're a battle-hardened group, and they would never ever ever give in. But uh, you know, and if they were playing any other team. I would say they could have actually come back but the Shamrocks are so good they can feed off rations if you like the other team had all the possession but they had to get up the field and they have so many good forwards they just they can maybe keep one, one of them quite but, or two of them quite but you won't keep them all quite and, but what I like about the Shamrocks in the last few matches is the fellas that maybe aren't as headed Roland Corkin in the county final Joe Cuddy last last Sunday Brian Cody four points to play Joe Cuddy four points that's eight points for play from two players that maybe you know people mightn't put, pay much attention to but they will from now on and I think that's a brilliant thing to have when the likes of maybe TJ was a bit quieter than Norman and Colin and you know I think that, that that's that's what why the Sharmocks are so good they have so many good players and then just kind of switching like you know with that up next for the Shamrocks they're they're they're, they're going to be playing against St. Ryan as a burr yeah there's two two small ones for you Michael I was I was shocked by this statistic 38 points in that game yesterday is the highest on Saturday that's the highest score in Leinster Championship club championship match ever 38 points um, you know with no goal in the game 38 actual points 38 scores in a game yeah, um, yeah. which you know I can see how it could be because you've got two exceptional forward lines up against each other but the, the one that would worry me a little bit about Ballyhale, and if there is any chink to be found in their armour, they gave away 11 frees, 11 scored frees against Mount Leinster Rangers. Like, is their discipline a little bit loose? Yeah, it, it, you'll have to say that when you see that stat. You, you definitely would have to say that. Now, I think even TJ was into it after, and, he, and it, it commented on the dress room. So I think it's something they'll work on this week. Um... You know, they did give away a lot of soft frees and uh, they certainly will work with their management won't be happy that with, on, with that aspect of their game and I, I think you'll see an improvement again next Sunday. Look, they, again for them it was three weeks at the county final and they had you know, different things going on so I think that game will be, will be absolutely worth anything to them and I think that they'll be 
be sharper again next week and uh, you know it's it, it, it's very hard you know 22 points without you know they didn't really look like scoring a goal and really there was only the one goal chance in the game and, and what a turning point that was but you know they still scored 22 points and you know that to beat them you're going to have to score very highly but the other part of the Shamrocks that get very little credit but over the last couple of years has been such a strong unit of their defence individually they're good but collectively they're brilliant they just work so together so well as, as a group and uh, very very hard team to break down and the goalkeeper has improved out of all proportion and is now a really top class keeper and Michael just just on the goals side of things there like you say that the only real chance in the game John Nolan had a great chance I know Dean made, yeah. a, made a brilliant save at a crucial time in the game and look John's a class player as well and it was a top class save but Dean but Ballyhale like I've watched them play this time this year maybe five times in the championship even against the Lachlan Gales in, in, in the county final in Kilkenny when they needed a goal they were able to get a goal they were able to get the chances to get them goals they, they remind me some way of the Limerick team in the sense that you know they're, they're such clinical forwards they could bury you with points they don't even have to go for goals and was, was Saturday's game one of these days where they were standing back 40, 50 yards of goals of picking off the scores or was it just Mount Leinster Rangers defence was so tight they weren't giving them any chances? Well I think the huge credit is due to the Mount Rangers uh, Leinster Rangers defence they were very very strong uh, I, I, I felt the Shamrocks you just said like, they, they didn't need to get them really they could have got one or two at the end one Cody went through at the end and I'd say if he needed it he could have gone another 5 or 10 yards and, and went for it but he knew that there were, I think there were 3 points up or 2 points up at the time and he said right I need to put this game safe and he took his point but uh, you know the, they will get goals they didn't get them last Saturday uh, but we know there's goals in their locker everywhere around the field and, and they certainly will get them if they need them I think but last Saturday they, they had them at arm's length now the save would have brought the game back to a one point game and, and it, God knows what would have happened if they had gone in but uh, they, they, the goals are there for them last Saturday they didn't really need them at any stage and uh, they were content to tap on points at the end as I said a couple of goal chances might have appeared if they really wanted to make them that way and this year, Michael, like you know, you've been watching Ballyhale Shamrocks and this group of players for the last four or five years. I think yeah. I read somewhere the other day. I think this is something like their fifteenth or sixteenth consecutive win in Leinster club championships. They haven't lost a game in Leinster in four years or something like that. You know, like with, when they've won the Kenny Championship, they've they went on and won the Leinster title back to it. But this season, they're they're winning their games by four, five, six points. They're not really obliterating teams. Like, do you think is this? everyone's stepping up or they're just making it that bit tighter for Ballyhale or are they coming back to the field a small bit or, or what would you say that is? It's it's a long time to be on the road no matter how good you are. Um, I'd say that people are obviously listening to their game to play against them um, but the thing about them is that even in the county final uh, the one thing that, that I think people again underestimate them is their size and their physicality and I think they absolutely wear teams down they probably aren't at the pitch of where they were maybe two years ago but that's to be expected because of the road they're on but there's always a huge day in them and and, and you know I, I think that they might peak as, as the time goes on they looked very good at the days last Saturday and they, they, they definitely died out again but it is a long road for them and you know they, they, they do look vulnerable at times that's 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 absolutely the case but they have so much talent within the ranks that they're able to pick off these scores that are keeping them ahead of everybody else I think Conor Field said they're the best club team in the country and when you look at their team and you look at the players I spoke about earlier the Rona Corcoran's the Brian Cody's the Joel Cody's and these fellas and they're stepping up it's very hard to stop them then um, I think you know I think that TJ 
be sharper next week. I'm sure Colin will be sharper next week. And if they are, then it becomes it becomes another task again, you know. But look, at they, they are on the road a long time. They do look vulnerable at times. Uh, but they seem to be able to get it right when it really matters and I think that's a sign of a great team that when the pressure comes on they're always able to get this score or make this save or make this brilliant defensive play and you know they're, they're a remarkable unit in, the, in that from that point of view Yeah no I think it's 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 a, it's a point that you make really well and it's one thing that's impressed me so much Colin Fenley was scoreless in the Kenny County final I'm pretty sure he didn't score in that game he was scoreless again yesterday against Mount Leinster Rangers but they just always seem to find somebody that pops up that you know you keep four quiet and there's another three or four lads will come and get you yeah. you, you know it's they're just I, remarkable and Eddie if you look at all the great teams in any sport down through the years it's always been the way that like if you kept one or two lads quiet other lads are able to pop up and the, the, as I said to you the real bonus from the Shamrock's point of view is that the players that are popping up now are fellas that maybe you know maybe the outsiders or people not too, too into the look out who was there but the Shamrock players know the value of these fellas I was talking about they're always 7 out of 10 every day they play for them and they put they, you know they don't get the headlines but they're always there always there and you know you say Colin Fenley doesn't score or Jesus but they're still all working so hard and that another sign of a great team is they just like Colin Fenley ended up midfield working in the half-back line Tease the same and they might be scoring all around them but they are making their contributions in other ways and you know that's again another sign of, of, of their greatness really Yeah no no there's there's no question or doubt and the, the honesty of them players the last thing I will leave you just on an interesting one for you Michael I went down to watch Bally Gunner playing Mountain Leinster Rangers two weeks ago on a friendly and there was yeah I, I would say no more than two or three points in that game um, and I've seen Bally Gunner putting I think they beat the Starlight Rapparees in Wexford by about 36 points um, like they really put them to the sword now because I, I, I feared from out Leinster Rangers when I heard we're playing them in a friendly the following week but like Bally Gunner you know I'm not ruling out obviously St. Ryan is like you know m- Ballyhale have a couple of big games in Leinster hopefully they're going to be playing against uh, St. Ryan is, and then obviously it'll be more than likely the Dublin champions I would assume in a Leinster final if they will get there but looking into that crystal ball you know do you think Bally Gunner could be one of the biggest threats to this or would you be more looking at St Thomas and Connacht or what way would you think yeah well I think further down the line I would fancy Bally Gunner maybe to come out with Munster but that's again a bit of a mindful I think Lockmore Castellani are going to find it difficult they're remarkable um, and I, I, you know Middleton and Kilimallock will be a great game either of them will, will, will test them uh, Definitely, I think. Well, obviously, Thomas's are in the Ireland semi-final, and they're a very, very strong team. I think Paddy Hill and rightly so will, will look at one game and one game only, and that's next Sunday. They're going up to Tullamore, and that's another banana skin and another bit of a minefield. And uh, you know, but I think the longer they keep winning, uh, the better they'll get. I think they'd love to get to Christmas and get a break, and then come back refreshed. And I think if they can get through Leinster, they'll take an awful lot of beating. No, well, fingers crossed, Michael. Hopefully, they'll keep that bandwagon moving along and we can keep enjoying this, what is a remarkable bunch of players. Thanks a million, as always, for your chat this evening, Michael. No problem. Thank you. That is, of course, Michael Walsh there. And just before I go to the ad break there, just to give you a run through, the two teams that played that game the other day in Ballyhale Shamrock's team was Dean Mason in goal, Darren Mullen, Joey Holden, Kevin Mullen. 
Evan Shefflin got a point Richie Reid Brian Butler Dara Corcoran Ronan Corcoran weighed in with a point Brian Cody 4 points TJ Reid got 6 3 from Freeze 1 from a 65 Colin Fenley Adrian Mullen with 3 points Owen Cody with 3 points and Joey Cuddy with 4 points the subs on the day Owen Reid and Darren Mullen come on for Gavin Butler Brian Butler Owen Kennedy for Joe Cuddy in the 64 minute and the Mount Leinster Rangers team Dean Grennan Michael Doyle David Phelan Gary Kelly with 1 point Gary Lawler Jermot Byrne Richard Kelly Paul Cody and Richard Cody Richard getting a point Fikas Patrick with a point Chris Nolan Kevin MacDonald Dennis Murphy with 12 points 11 from freeze Edward Byrne and John Nolan and of course Ted Joyce as you heard um, Michael saying as well replaced Edward Byrne after about 10 minutes and Ted weighed in with a point as well so a big win for Ballyhale Shamrocks there on a scoreline of 22 points to 16 congratulations to them and commiserations to Connor and all the lads involved with Mount Leinster Rangers which who had another wonderful year and will be very happy I suppose that they put it up so strongly to what is the best club hurling team in the country at present we're going to take a quick ad break right there Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie. And you're very welcome back to Full Time on KCLR. Earlier in the show, I was telling you that the athletics was taking place yesterday in Gorn, the All-Ireland Championships, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by one of the organisers of the event, David Deneef from Gorn Athletic Club. David, you must be delighted with how everything went yesterday. Yeah, we were delighted, uh, Eddie. Uh, went really well. Blessed with the weather and excellent setup and great support from all in Gorn and Kenny Athletics. And uh, David, just to put it into context, because you know, I personally, and I'll be honest when I say this as well, I was blown away by the sheer scale of this event. Um, like, did, did, I've never seen anything as big, or uh, you know, I, I nearly got a fright when I seen the crowds there. Like, how many people took part in that event yesterday? In total, there was two thousand four hundred runners spread across uh, 12 races and uh, we reckon at the, the peak of the event yesterday we had 7,000 people on the course uh, between supporters and coaches and officials and obviously runners so it was uh, yeah, a very big event we, we managed to fill a lot of car parks in Goran and it was, uh, went, but it went really well um, and um, everyone seemed to have a great day. The feedback has been hugely positive. And 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 the, and the track. This is obviously cross country running. So you know, I, I see it's it's it, it was all kind of ran in in, in the practice area in Goran down at the bottom of the golf course, and then into the fields, the neighbouring two fields. Was it? It was. We had great support from Goran Park Racecourse and Golf Course. Um, thanks to yourself, Eddie, and the, and the gang out there, um, but also to the local landowners, to Eamon Nolan and to Paul Farrell and, and John Farrell, just for the support that they've given us to be able to run it. So we basically built a course um, across um, a number of fields, and then we used uh, one field for a warm-up area, and obviously we're using other areas for, for parking. Yeah, so in, in total it took up a fair, fair bit of space. And the circuit itself, like what, what type of a distance are we talking about, kind of one lap? One, one complete lap we actually built in was about 2,500 metres and then there were sub-laps within that of uh, between 1,000 and up to 2,000. But uh, a complete lap was 2,500 metres so we had to basically construct an entire course um, set up in a start area, set up a finish area and then the whole surrounding thing as well, the whole uh, you know services, things like uh, port catering, uh, registration areas, merchandising areas so it was a, it was a big setup. Um, and to, then we had to make sure that people could be, could you know, you could call people to races. So the whole thing was basically wired up for sound and, and for communicating with the with the audience. And 
like obviously on an event like this, if we'd known this before, we could have charged three euro ahead for the car parks. Myself and yourself would be rolling in it today. <laughs> but no, but but all jokes aside, they, they, like they, there was such an amount of volunteers there yesterday. Um, and I know, and, and you're right to say the landowners around the Scoring Park, everybody was very good with the, the use of the land. But you had so many volunteers there yourselves. Like Goran Athletic Club is, you know. At the end of the day, it's it's a it's a small athletics club. It, it, to be running an event of this size, it's 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 most certainly a small athletics club. But you must have had to roll in people from all over the country to this history. We did. We, I mean, did most uh, officials and and volunteers in the course yesterday were were from Corn Athletic Club. Uh, we had about sixty people from Corn Athletic Club. We had a number of volunteers from Kenny Athletics, and then you would have had around the country. You would have had about forty officials with a variety who would have. Been, um, you know, the national officials who are responsible for uh, getting the registrations done, and, you know, getting the timing system set up and getting the results out. But um, the bulk of the work was done by local volunteers, by a, by a relatively small organisation, an organ- organising committee, but then made up of another 50 or so volunteers, parents, runners, uh, coaches from the club. And just a huge amount of support. We really appreciate the support that we got. And what's next for you in, in, in the athletics? Club? I want to get some results off you before you go, if you have them. But, like, you've ran the Leinster Championships in, in, in Gorn two years ago, I think, just before COVID, if I'm not mistaken. And then this is the Irish Championships. Is the World Championships the next on your list there, David? Or? <laughs> That high bar, Eddie. Definitely holding nations is a major step up. As you quite rightly say, we've we've had, and we've had now, I think, three Leinster events, two, two a smaller scale, and one major event, which had about um, three to four thousand people at it. But uh, the nations is, is a big event. It takes a lot of organising. So going back to the same well again and saying, can we go off now and do a bigger race than that? I think might be a bit of a challenge. <laughs> but at the same time, it was great. It was just the buzz yesterday. It was just so good. And coming off the track yesterday after breaking down the course it was just a great buzz that we had, we had done you know what I mean and it was it was really positive for the club and for, for, for Corn in general and everyone that was involved No and of course you can be very proud of that had we any good results for any local runners yesterday? How we did with some great, great performances it was I mean it was just so hugely competitive um, with some uh, excellent team performances and um, we were unlucky in a few of the races the under 13 boys from Gorn were very unlucky to miss out in the medal they, they came forth with some excellent excellent running by athletes uh, the under 19 girls from from Thomastown went very well they won a medal they won a, a bronze medal um, and, and again just this is hugely competitive we've, we've athletes that are running um, in these events that weren't far off being able to run next weekend in the European Championships in Dublin and um, it's just the standard of such is so very high it, it definitely is and then for, for this event that's the this All Ireland series, like, what's the, the next level then for for these 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 athletes to compete at, or is this the top it gets to at this level? You know, no, I mean, a lot of a lot of these athletes wouldn't have been too far away, particularly in the um, under seventeen, under nineteen, from competing in the junior junior Europeans. If you take it that next weekend, for example, Cahill Riley from KCH from the Kenny City Harriers is running in the European Junior uh, Cross Country Championships, and that's being held with the European Senior Championships um, up in Dublin next weekend. Cahill didn't actually run yesterday because he'd been just called into the national team yesterday morning, so he's actually going to be running. So for a lot of these athletes, particularly the juvenile athletes, it, um, is to aim for Europeans and worlds in some cases to push on from there. You know, so it's um, it, was, it was a great standard, a really really high. 
Yeah, no, it is. And in fairness to you all, David, yourself, Eamon Kelsey, everyone involved in the whole organising of that event, anyone I've spoken to today has, has only spoken so highly of the organisation that was put in by all of you guys and, and, and volunteers. Car parking was absolutely managed to perfection and, and, and the volume of people that you brought in and out of Gorn kind of seamlessly, you deserve huge credit for everything. So a very, very big well done to you and all the team that put that together. No, that's brilliant. I'm going to leave it there, David. Thanks a million for taking the call this evening. That's brilliant. That is, of course, David Deneef there from Goran Athletics Club. And congratulations to everybody involved in Goran Athletics Club. Anyone that was there yesterday would have seen it. It was an absolutely unbelievable event, as as David pointed out. Over 7,000 people there uh, during the day. Over 7,000 people at the highest point. But 2,400-odd competitors competing in it from right down from the nippers, under 12s, right up to the adult levels. And it's, it was an amazing event to be hosted in Goran. And, and everybody associated should be very, very proud of themselves. I'm just looking at some of the pictures on it. Athletic Ireland, Athletics Ireland's Twitter feed, if you get a chance to have a flick through it, it does look like a summer's day in Goran with the, the weather, they got everything to play for them and sometimes the harder you work, the luckier you get and I'm sure that the, the, all the people involved deserved all the luck they got there. We're going to take a quick ad break there and we're going to come back with some horse racing. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie and you're very welcome back to Full Time on KCLR. This will be my last 14 minutes of full time for this season. Of course, we'll be back next year when all the hurling and everything else kicks off again. But to finish off this week's show, we're going to switch all our attention to horse racing. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line by my good friend, Kevin O'Ryan. Kevin, good evening. Very good evening to you, Eddie. Kevin, we're going to get straight into it because I've literally got about 13 and a half minutes and a load of stuff to cover. But first things first, you know, Navin on Saturday, Gordon Elliott records something that'll probably never be equal seven winners in one card it's just an unbelievable achievement phenomenal and it's a shame it didn't get more press coverage to be totally honest though, because it's a, it's an amazing an amazing achievement to have seven winners in the one day and then he followed up yesterday he'd actually nine winners in a row the last nine from the seven races in uh, Navin he followed up with the first two jumping winners at Cork and Punchestown respectively so he actually trained nine winners in a row Seven winners in a row has never been achieved before. Gordon actually uh, trained six winners in a row in Navin a few years ago, the first time that was ever done. Willie Mullins equaled that record, and Paul Nichols has equaled that record in England as well. But the train seven in the one day is absolutely phenomenal. It didn't get the recognition it deserved. And a wide variety of winners as well. Obviously, he'd won a graded hurdle, a maiden hurdle, a couple of handicaps, a beginner's chase, a bumper. So there's a massive spread of winners there and a phenomenal achievement, something to be very, very proud of. Yeah, I think the accumulator paid 38,567 to 1 for Gordon's seven winners. I remember a few years back, I met your dad at the races and I think all the lads were after doing a lucky 15, Gordon had four winners, but needless to say, I seen a few of them in points down yesterday. They didn't have that 38,762 to 1 accumulator done in Gordon on, in Navin, I assume. Yeah, well, you know what? I was actually looking at it yesterday and uh, just our Saturday evening to see. I wonder if anybody, would anybody have uh, done the accumulator? So you could, I was going through all the winners and I was, ah, you could make a case for that. You could make a case for that. You could make a case for that. You could actually make a case for them all, bar Commander and Fleet. He was 40 to 1. The only way to put him in is if he liked his, if he liked his uh, name. Otherwise, he'd be there for two years trying to figure out Commander and Fleet. So if there is some lucky punter out there, 
who did get it up, well done to them, but I'd imagine nobody did. No, I, I, I have massive doubts that anyone would have done that. We're going to switch our attention from Saturday and Gordon's heroics to... We'll start with Cork. You were in Cork yourself. First race on the card down there was won by Ebrick de Soleil. Uh, Elmarie Holden swinging London, beating the neck and the head in that race. I think Gavin Cromwell's horse was second. Uh, th- there wasn't much between them all. This, uh, you know, It was probably a decent enough three-year-old maiden. It was, and it was running a good gallop as well. Good even gallop, uh, I barked aside. Kept with a big reputation from France. I must admit, I was disappointed with him at, Cor- at Galway when he made his Irish debut. And I was equally disappointed with him, to be fair, Eddie. Although he was beaten by a, be- a smart horse, Lunar Power. That was a punches town. Swinging London, Elmerie Holden's horse, the local horse, finished 14 lengths behind him that day. But he was far too free, too keen the early part of the race. Didn't jump in any great fluency totally different proposition yesterday he ran with the earplugs in him yesterday and he's a smart horse going forward but I barked to say he's done it well uh, it was a strong three-year-old hurdle and to be fair Lunar Power who beat him the last day and swinging London he'd come out and he'd uh, give, uh, give Phil Dore a great race from the graded hurdle last weekend at Ferryhouse so the forward worked out well but a good performance by him and he won a little bit snugger and the uh, head winning margin suggests he missed the last and he was uh, pricking his two ears, pulling himself up in front. But uh, he, uh, he's a smart horse going forward. How high he'll go, I don't know. And I imagine when time comes and he steps up and trip, that's when we'll see more improvement from him. I'm going to cherry-pick through that carriage, just picking out a few of them. The 12-10 Kilcrut, the run was too bad to be true. Beating 10 lengths at 1-14, to 14, Kevin. It's the shortest price beaten horse I've seen in the flesh. Yes, I think he actually made a created a record yesterday as well as the shortest price horse to get beaten in Ireland. I think there was one maybe might have fallen at Tremor a good few years ago that might have been near enough, but uh, his price. But look, very disappointing. Now, take nothing away from the winner, Largy debut. He's bounced out. He's done a good gallop, even gallop all the way. Maybe he was a very good horse, but what I didn't like about Kilcrud is how quickly he stopped. He stopped before turning into the straight. You could say, OK, he came down to the last. Willie's horse are all coming on from the run. Uh, maybe if he travelled to the last, didn't pick up, was beaten by Largy debut, you'd say he was beaten by a better horse in the day, or he took the run. But for me, he stopped too quickly. He was jumping really well, travelling really well. But as soon as he turned into the straight with three to jump, you knew Sean, Flan- Sean O'Keefe started to uh, let out the distress signals. And he went from travelling really well to galloping up and down in the one spot. To me, that was more disappointing than he actually getting beat. Uh, it was too bad to be true. Take nothing away from the winner, but just didn't like the way he stopped too quick, Eddie. Yeah, no, it wasn't impressive at all. I think um, anyone that has John Bond for the Supreme Novices Hurdle will be holding their dockets uh, nice and tightly in their pockets. Um, I, I wouldn't be fancying Kilcourt to take Eddie, him on. Eddie, Eddie, anti-pause betting, Cheltenham March, that's a lifetime away. It's all <laughs> There's going to be so many other horses. Willie Mullins has an army of stars and novice hurdlers down there that some of us mightn't have even heard of yet that'll be starting to make the debut of Christmas and Dublin Racing Festival. Anti-post betting, Cheltenham, quickest way to the poorhouse. Okay, okay. on that, on that note, we move along. <laughs> the, the, the Flynn Group, the, the grade two race on the card, last year's Mayor's Hurdle winner, Concertista, uh, proper horse, you know, wasn't favourite yesterday, I was surprised the price, 13th day, second favourite, um, won, won quite well in the end, a decent race. 
Uh, I was very impressed with her, to be fair to her. Now, I went against her yesterday. I thought Henry de Brom had Philly Magic Days, who was very impressive over two miles, getting off over course and distance the last day, getting off the mark over fence the second time of asking. I thought she'd be hard to beat yesterday, and it was throwing concertise into the deep end. First and over fence is grade two company. Barring one, two novice mistakes. You'll give her that. It was an exceptional performance. And I think, I know she won the Mayor's Novice Hurdle over two miles, but she has won over two and a half miles. And I think when she steps up in trip, she's going to be a lot better. I thought that was a really taken performance. Now, Henry de Bromhead's filly didn't jump in any great fluency yesterday. She didn't jump as well as she done the last day. But uh, I was very, very impressed by uh, Concertista, as I say. I went against her yesterday, just on the basis that she didn't have a run over fences. But uh, she'll improve a lot for jump. And on the whole, she did jump really well. But I thought that was a taking performance. And I was very impressed with Dysart Dynamo as well. Before we come to the next horse you're going to speak about, he's one now to, to keep an eye on. Uh, he might have just slipped under the radar a little bit after, uh, after yesterday with Willie having the five winners yesterday. But uh, I was very taken by him. He's now three from three. He was very impressed with two bumpers last year. And he had to do it the hard way yesterday. He was a little bit keen. First time tongue strap. Had to do it the hard way making the running himself. Uh, his jumping will improve and his jumping got better as the race progressed but he has a big engine that dice start dynamo I was very taken by him yesterday yeah no he's a he's a proper machine as well in fairness and speaking of proper machines and aeroplanes Med in Gorham Park Energamine Energamine go on Kevin pronounce it for me I go with you Eddie yeah pronunciation wouldn't be my strong point in school Energamine we got that sounds good anyway. yeah I think that's what uh, Peter O'Hare was calling him in commentary yesterday down in Cork yeah <laughs> but, like, they can call him whatever they want but Tony Bloom has a horse here that's <laughs> you know it, it won in Gorham Park by 19 lengths in on holding plant rentals day in March and then didn't run again for the rest of that season and came out again in November and it won by 18 lengths in Gorham Park that day you know, people kind of saying, God, you know, then it went to Nace, won by eight and a half lengths in Nace. Like, it's, the winning distances beat Franco Laporte by 10 lengths, then in April it won by 16 lengths, and then yesterday again it won by eight and a half lengths. This, this, this horse is an aeroplane. An aeroplane. I think up until yesterday he'd won his four race over fences last year. Two of those, of course, grade one company, by a combined total of 52 lengths before yesterday. I was very impressed with him. Look, he done what he was supposed to do yesterday. Uh, he'll improve a good bit from it because looking at him in the parade room beforehand, just carrying a bit more condition, which you'd expect, first run of the season, uh, he's going to improve a great, good bit from it. And it was a race that was running a true gallop. Notebook, he had the benefit of a run. He was what, uh, he's what, won six from 11 over fences, including two grade ones. Now, that wasn't his true run yesterday. But he brought them along a right good gallop himself and Sean O'Keefe sat upside. He jumped really well. Probably yesterday, would you believe, I'd say, is the best I've seen him jump. Uh, he's a high-class individual. Got a little bit tired, as you were expected to, uh, on the day. But you couldn't but be impressed with him. Second favourite, only Shiskins shorter than them for the champion chase in uh, Cheltenham next year in March time. But for me, I look forward to seeing him hopefully at Christmas time. I think it's the second day of the Christmas festival at Leperstown when he's in that two-mile grade one. I think it's the Paddy Rewards. Uh, Chase is what the name it goes by. But enhanced uh, Willie Mullins' great record in the race. is 12th victory in it. He's won seven out of the last eight. Uh, Castle Grace Paddy of Pat Fahey's was the only one who broke the monopoly. And you look down to the role of honour that's won the Kerry Group, uh, Hilly Way, uh, Shaqam Pursual last year, Duvan has won it. Uh, under Saw has won it as well so there's an illustrious role of honour and we saw a proper horse winning it yesterday 
Yeah, no, it, it definitely was. Coming into the last kind of three minutes, I'm going to switch to Punchdown. I've only got three minutes to focus on Punchdown there because it was a high-class card in, in Cork yesterday. But... The standout race, of course, yesterday was the John Durkin in 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 Punchestown, won by the Chivley Park horse Aloha. Um, I, I don't know, Kevin. I I just I went there really excited about that race. I thought this was going to be fireworks. It, it wasn't really fireworks for me. Aloha was a good winner and he's a very good horse. Janadil second, beating two lengths. This is a horse that was sixteen lengths behind Energamine the last time they ran. Melon three and a half lengths. Envoy Allen disappointed again. Fakardudaris. How do you cut that up into small bite-sized chunks for us, Kevin? Well, firstly, Envoy Allen was never travelling. Thought after he jumped the first, sec- after he jumped the second, if I was uh, a man in the machine laying, I'm not into that now at all. But I laid him. I thought he was never travelling at all. He didn't jump in any great fluency. He screwed the first, screwed the second. For me, Rachel Blackmore always looked like that she was flat to the boards and struggling to hold on to her position. The horse I take out of it is Asterian for Lange. I said in the press room at Cork, I said, I'd love to be Brian Cooper here now. And he has made mistakes and fallen in the past. He put up an exhibition of jumping. And I said it just before he fell. I said, you know what? I said, Asterian for Lange is jumping really well today. Hadn't come out of my mouth next thing, but down he goes. He is... For me, he was getting the perfect run all the way down the inside, jumping from fence to fence. He was put in a perfect position by Brian Cooper all the way. If he'd have stood up, it was a great thing. Hindsight's a great thing. Uh, That's what they're there. They're there to be jumped. He would have won. On the day, he was the best horse in the race. Take nothing away from the winner. Again, he didn't jump. It didn't look pretty. Great for Patrick Mullen. He made a few mistakes. Jumped to his left at quite a few of the fences as well. But Asterian for launch. He was the best horse in the day. Envoy Allen, retrieval mission for him. I was not impressed by him and he won a down this year. Uh, all he did was beat a, a mare that's rated 92 that was to run in Tremor tomorrow afternoon. I know he beat her well that day, but for me, after yesterday, Envoy Allen was never travelling. That was too bad to be true. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with you on that one there. Um, I think we might see Estherian Falange at the King George there. You heard it here first, Kevin. And then the last race that we're going to look at just, and it's only a minute of left there, is, and it's just, I think it's it's lovely to finish on a, on a nice story. Poor old Paul Nolan lost the stable star last weekend in Ferry House in uh, latest exhibition. Unfortunately, went wrong in, in, in one of the hurdle races there. But yesterday, Paul, he won queer impressively in the bumper there in the 335 uh, Sandor Cle. Clegane absolutely bolted up with Barry O'Neill in the saddle. Yeah, great to see that win for the lads. I was absolutely gutted as everybody in jump in racing, jumping flat racing, and all the Nolan brothers, James and Paul and James, great lads, very popular, very good trainers. And for Jim Murn and, and uh, Jim Coffey of Softco as well, and John Brennan who were all involved with latest exhibition, the group of owners, I'm probably missing out one or two as well. It was gut wrenching, absolutely took away from what was a brilliant weekend's racing last weekend at Fairy House. Uh, nobody likes to see that happen to us, but look, that is life, unfortunately. That is racing. And a week later, uh, they win a bumper what looks potentially uh, to be a very good horse. Only time will tell if he is, but a great lift for the yard. And as I say, it was absolutely gut-wrenching to see the lads lose latest exhibition last week. And Eddie, before we go, don't forget Bernie Hollow. Very good hit performance yesterday, and a good beginner's chase. Got the second leg of a double up for Patrick Mullins and a five-timer on the day for Willie Mullins. Yeah, I know, Fernie Hollow was very impressive as well, and I know we don't talk about anti-post betting, but you'd have to imagine that the first day of the Cheltenham Festival, he'll be swinging over fences as well. But uh, Cheltenham's a long way away. There's going to be a lot of stuff between now and then, and of course we'll enjoy a lot of racing at Christmas. Kevin, as always, thanks a million for taking my call this evening. 
Ed, pleasure. And if I'm not talking to you and your viewers, uh, listeners, sorry, viewers, thinking of racing TV, listeners in KCLR, wish you all a very happy Christmas and a prosperous new year. And many happy returns to you, Kevin. Thanks a million for that. Pleasure as always, Ed. That is, of course, Kevin O'Ryan from Racing TV there, and a very happy Christmas to Kevin, Angela, and the kids as well. It's been an absolute pleasure to bring you full time over the last number of months here on KCLR for myself. Thanks a million for tuning in. Thanks a million to Owen Carey, who's been managing the whole thing for me for the last number of months. Happy Christmas to you all, and I look forward to speaking to you all again in the new year. At La Hart Skoda Kilkenny, we have 0% PCP finance on a range of models of new Skodas for 212. Yes, that's 0% for a limited time only. With service plans from $12.99 per month, now is the time to order your new 212 Skoda at La Hart's. Visit lahartz.ie or call 056-7704-700 to find out more about our great offers. Finance provided by Skoda Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply.